Welcome to MI Insider, a show where Mercer Islanders give their perspectives on issues here at home and across the world. I'm Miles Avales, and my goal is to highlight the people behind the headlines. Now let's get into it. Welcome back to MI Insider. Today I'm joined by local artist Al Doggett, who recently painted a portrait that hangs in Mercer Island High School's main entrance. The portrait was of Stanley Ann Dunham, a Mercer Island High School graduate and the mother of former President Barack Obama. Al was born and raised in New York, where he studied art in college. After becoming a commercial artist and furthering his education, he moved back to the Pacific Northwest and opened Al Doggett Studio. Today, Al does commercial art, fine art for exhibition, commission work, and he's won several awards for his work. Al, thanks for coming on the show. I'm really glad to have you here. Well, thanks for inviting me. It's a pleasure. So to get us started, when did you decide that you wanted to be an artist? My beginnings basically uh, started when I was in the second grade, and that's when I first uh, felt an urge to want to draw, to want to create pictures. There was a student, fellow student at that time, who was really the class artist, and he was, he was excellent. So I admired what he was doing, and I, every time he would draw something, I just always wanted to go and see his work. When I got home, I said, I'd love to draw like that. So I wound up uh, actually sketching all the time, creating pictures, and it just kind of grew from there. At some point, uh, each, uh, this is like I say in the second grade, it just kind of continued. My mother encouraged me, neighbors, friends in the community. Actually, I uh, grew up in Brooklyn, New York, and uh, I was a friend of mine, buddy, all lived in the neighborhood. He and I would both do a lot of artwork together in the, in the neighborhood, pretty much for the neighbors, that type of thing. So when I got to the fifth grade, one of the goals was to really become a class artist, and we were chosen to be class artists, which was good because what that meant is that we had a chance to do, we were selected to create artwork uh, based on the lessons we were going through, the uh, history lessons, geography, that type of thing, and we were able to do pictures for the various holidays on the blackboard, and that was kind of an honor to be the class artist, so that was sort of inspired me to kind of really continue with that. And with the help of teachers also who guided me and my my buddy, my mate, he and I were uh, chosen to attend the, uh, this was in Brooklyn, the public school that I was in, the high school was the School of Art and Design. That's where they were encouraging us to go because there they knew we could take, um, we could get a chance to develop uh, our skills and become basically a commercial artist. That was the whole thing with wanting to go to that particular school. At that time, students going to having an interest in art, it was difficult because a lot of parents was not happy about the kids becoming artists. They had no idea that you could actually make a living at being an artist. And that was the one thing that my friend, buddy, he, his mother was like that, and my father too, was not uh, too pleased, not happy me going there. He wanted me to go to the local academic high school in the community. But my aunt, my mother, and teachers kind of pressed him to really allow me to take the exam to get into that uh, the School of Art and Design, which I did. 
And that, I was so thankful that uh, he broke down and, and allowed me to go. The High School of Art and Design was meant to teach the commercial arts, which could include designing posters, billboards, magazines, and all other kinds of visual displays. When Al got to the school, he was exposed to many different forms of art, and he chose to major in illustrations. After graduating high school, Al moved on to the Fashion Institute of Technology, where he chose to focus on graphic design, as it was one of the forms of art that was most commercially viable. Despite getting a degree in graphic design, he still felt a passion for the fine arts as well, which he explored more when he attended the Arts League of New York. Finally, after all this schooling and preparation, Al found himself in a great position career-wise. I wound up uh, in one studio, one of the top studios, which was one of their clients was Warner Brothers Films. And that was like a dream job because I had a chance to really draw pictures. They did a lot of posters and newspaper ads and for the films that uh, Warner Brothers were filming. And so that was exciting. So I was able to be able to do a lot of the uh, different posters from the various films, which means there was some, a lot of figure drawing involved. We had to show figures in various different situations. So that was really um, uh, one of the best jobs, I think, at that time in terms of an art studio job. But it wound up becoming more of a job job. And I say that meaning that uh, it was, got a little boring because I was doing the s- same type of thing all the time. And I was pretty much, uh, uh, I'd say, wanted to have my own studio, my own business. When I was growing up a younger, I, I always had... Uh, had to earn my own money, basically, and uh, I had a newspaper route, a shoe sign stand, I, I did uh, deliveries. I just was there when I was in a teen, teen years. So I felt that um, this, was, this was a great opportunity, but I wanted to go a little further, and I wanted to really kind of establish my own, uh, my own studio. Seattle drew me because of uh, relatives. My aunt uncle lived in Seattle, and I wasn't aware of Seattle. I wasn't aware what it was like <laughs> so far away. I wanted to try something different. I wanted to go uh, get out of New York and try some different, different places. Al eventually made the move out to Seattle to do freelance work from his own home studio. And before long, people in the business were referring clients to him, and he was able to create art for top companies like Boeing and Microsoft. Seattle had a, had a more relaxed pace than New York, so it allowed me to also then develop my, my fine art skills, my painting. And I was able to uh, begin to get familiar with the different uh, communities that I was in and um, create peace uh, paintings for exhibition, along with doing the commercial work. And that was the beauty of it, that I was able to do my uh, commercial work with the design and the composition. All of that was really great because that allowed me to pursue my fine art skills, my fine art interests without any pressure on having to make money at it, having to make, you know, having to knock pieces out. So I could do that uh within my own comfort, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, that, was, that was really kind of nice to do it that way. So it was a nice, relaxed pace in Seattle at that time. And uh, I uh, continued to build my home studio uh, with, uh, I trained some of the, they were, when I got to meet uh, people, neighbors in the, in the community, 
some of the young people who were my neighbors who were getting out of high school didn't have a job and didn't really plan on what they wanted to do. There was one young lady who was uh, interested in art, so I told her what I was doing, showed her, and I wound up training her, and she started working at my studio and then wound up hiring another person and trained someone else. The next thing, for it, it took a, a while, a few years, I had about five employees working with me at the doing the commercial artwork because uh, I had built up quite a lot of clients at that time. And again, it also allowed me, and I do all this happening, I continued to create my fine art and exhibit in various uh, shows. Uh, that was, that was, you know, kind of a nice direction because it was doing what I, pretty much I was doing what I wanted to do. Um, so it, it's, uh, it, it kind of went in that direction. What kind of fine art did you create? The fine art, basically for me, it was like the people. I loved doing figures, people in situations. And it wasn't portraits so much. It was more, uh, especially with the kids. I did a, lot, a series of kids in the neighborhood. And I like doing people in different situations. I'll create, it's almost like a story uh, type situation, working where the kids were. I did one shot of uh, the girls, the girls across the street from where I lived. I came in one day, and the three of them, they were sitting on the steps uh, across the street from me, doing each other hair. And I came in, I said, wow, that makes a good picture. That's the one thing I do. Sometimes I'll see a scene, and I say, that's a painting. So I watched them for a while from my window, and I said, I'm going to capture them. So I went, took my camera when it went out, and I told them to, uh, hey, continue. I knew them at that time. I said, well, continue doing what you're doing. I just want to take some shots. And they wanted to pose, of course. And I said, no, <laughs> like, just, just keep doing the hair. So I had to relate relax them so they can continue doing. So I wound up taking shots of them. There were three, they were doing each other's hair and it, was, it made a nice story, nice composition. So I wound up doing a piece of art, developing that uh, into a piece of art basically from the photo reference. Um, and that was, uh, that was one of the few pieces, many pieces I should say I did uh, involving kids. It was a st I, I did a children's series and uh, also adults in various different, different situations. But for me, yeah, the fine art was basically uh, doing images that involve people, figures in, in, in some situation, some story situation like that. I did a series, uh, an African series on images of Africa, and that was really great because I was able to uh, enjoy doing uh, the colorful adornments that Africans wore. The, the, all of that was part of me creating, uh, and what I've done, basically when I do a painting, and I use reference, it's still my story. I create an image in my mind, and I might say, okay, I want reference. The reference is basically used just to, to see what something looks like, to be captured that, but it still falls into what, what I uh, am trying to create. I also taught classes at my uh, art studio, adults and kids, and, and I always tell you know, students that it would come in, in terms of creating a piece, you want to, you could use reference, but you don't want to copy. You don't, you're not copying uh, a photo that you've done or something. You want to use it to get information, but you have to have that image in your mind. You have to have that, um, the story basically set up. And that way you, uh, 
you know, you can, it's still your, your design, it's your uh, creation, and that's, that's the whole thing. So that was kind of, kind of fun to do, and, and it, was, it was great. I had uh, adults who wanted to take basic art classes. I did that. I went, I, I taught classes at <clears throat> different schools, um, workshops, community centers. That was all part of my creative side, basically, which was, which was really kind of fun to do. As Al took on more creative endeavors, people took notice, and he began to be commissioned to produce more fine art. One particular commission was from Mercer Island High School, which asked him to create a portrait of Dr. Stanley Ann Dunham. In addition to being the mother of President Barack Obama, Dunham was an attendee of Mercer Island High School and was part of the 1960 graduating class. Dunham went on to become a renowned economic anthropologist. In Indonesia, Dunham pioneered a microfinance system that gave those in poverty the ability to take small loans for the purpose of starting businesses. Her model helped many people to escape poverty, and it remains the standard in Indonesia to this day. Al's portrait is a montage which includes a depiction of Dunham herself, her two children, the different places she's lived, and of course, Mercer Island High School where the painting now resides. Al describes his process of how he went about creating this piece of art. I was asked to do a portrait of Stanley Ann Dunham. Did not know who that was and who she was, but I was told that she was the mother of uh, President Obama, and they wanted to highlight her because she attended Mercer Island High School. And so for me, not knowing her, and a lot of people weren't that familiar with her, the first thing I do is think about What's my research? What? How do I get to know who she is? So I was given a few books, a couple of books, to uh, to just read a little bit about her. There was two books that I had, and, and then I went online and found more information about her. And I was really impressed at her life, and amazed at her life and, and all that she had done. She was an anthropologist. She spent a lot of time in Indonesia, working with artisans there. Uh, and that fascinated me because she had that creative spirit. She had that sense of creativity in her. And really, uh, again, I was more impressed and more encouraged to uh, inspire it, I should say, to do what I could to kind of bring some of that out. And in doing that, I wound up uh, reading about her life and reading about some of the things she had done. This helps me to be able to capture the energy that I am finding out about. So as I read more about her and, and, and even notes that she's written about her travels, it allowed me to get to know her as a person, get close to her. It, it was kind of great. So for me, as I'm doing the drawings, I was deciding how I compose it, how I would do it. And I wound up doing sketches, different sketches of her different uh, shots that I, photos that I had this found from her, of her. And I wound up uh, just by drawing her, I got more and more familiar with her. So I got a kind of feel for, for who she was. And then I chose the, the one that I actually chose for the final uh, painting itself. I, at that point, I, I felt okay, I know her, you know, I'm so familiar with her. So several different stages, several different choices I made. And finally, I got uh, the direction, the color scheme that I wanted. Again, I work out that in small, small steps on sketches. So it's a building process of just kind of working with trying to capture, you know, 
as much of her personality as possible. And it was, the big help, of course, was coming from, I had contact, I contacted um, Maya, her daughter, who lives in Hawaii. She was my, my <laughs> go-to person to really, I wanted to make sure that she would be happy with the piece. It was really important for her to approve and, and feel good about the direction it was going. So I would do some preliminary sketches and preliminary uh, pieces and, and, and email emailed them to her and just let her know my direction so she could see the direction I was going. And when she signed off on it, it was great. I was actually commissioned by the Stanley and Dunham Scholarship Fund Committee who was organizing this whole process, this whole project for Mercer Island High School. And what they were doing is uh, providing scholarships in Stanley and Dunham's name to Mercer Island High School students. That was sort of the whole back part of this whole thing, that the way that came together. Um, and so I wound up uh, getting uh, very familiar with um, that whole process of it's just not me just doing a piece, but who else is involved, how this is going to play out. And I also read Barack Obama book came out, The Promised Land. That was sort of like toward the end of the piece. He told, talked a lot about his mother. I learned a lot about Stanley and Dunham from his book because he talked about his sister and his mother. So these little things just kind of helped give me more, in, more information all the time. And that was, that was kind of uh, really helpful. But I was, I was really happy to do that. Anyway, so there, it, there's so much that I can say about my background and how my, where I'm at with my art now, I'm working on a series of, the main series that I'm working on now has to do with the African-American life going back late 1980, 18, uh, 1890s uh, through the 1920s. And what I'm doing is coming up with different scenes that I want to capture, different situations showing the growth. It's, it's kind of a uh, pieces that, that tie in but also connect to their heritage, their African heritage in a sense. So each of the pieces will have some element in it showing their connection to their ancestry. That was a big part of that particular series that I'm working on now. And it, it, it's, it's, I have maybe 10, 12 pieces that already uh, developed for that piece. And I want to just, what I'd like to do with that is to build it to a full exhibit, maybe 20 pieces or more. And uh, I'd like to travel with it to different colleges. I'd like to kind of take it. I don't want it to just go into a gallery or something right away. It's a piece, uh, it's a series that I would like to show, uh, at least have show to ver various communities, various cities. And uh, that's one of my dreams. <laughs> and the second piece, the second project, I should say, I'm working on, I've been encouraged to do this some time ago, and I'm pulling together a what I call a, a it's a bio journal in a way, and rather than saying just a book, I'm doing a bio journal of my work from way back during my teen years. Uh, my mother, so glad she did it. She was able to keep a lot of my artwork that I'd done in high school that I just had put away. But at one of my visits back. She told me that she had, you know, saved a lot of the artwork from my classes, my senior year, my, my uh, graduating uh, projects that I did. 
And uh, I was so happy that she had done that because now I have those original <laughs> teen pieces that I'd done at that time. And I'm going to use those in my, my, my journal images that I have done along the way. Uh, I Fortunately, I was able to keep digital copies, images of, of most of the pieces that I've done. Some that I haven't, a lot of pieces that sold that yeah, but I'd like to kind of be able to get back, <laughs> or at least at least to be able to reproduce. But at any rate, I, I have that whole series that paces from teen years to current pieces now, and I'm pulling that together and want to create my story as an artist. Uh, it, it's, I, it, I call it a life in art, and uh, that's, that's one of my projects along with, along with the paintings that I'm doing. One of the key things that I had feel really proud about is that some of the students that I had taught, they, I had to meet the parents as well, and I was able to really explain to the parents or talk to the parents and let them know how important it was that the kids have a talent, an interest in art, don't squash it, you know, encourage it, because, you know, parents can easily get nervous about uh, one of my students, his father was a lawyer, and he wanted his student to be doctor, lawyer, whatever, but the student was into art, and he just wanted to do his art. So he took classes, and he had good, a lot of talent. So he had musical talent as well as art, and he uh, just was so determined that he, that's what he wanted to do. And so I had to explain to his father that, you know, don't kill it. Look at the areas that he can go in, especially now there's digital technology, there's, there's, there's animation, there's games, there's artists everywhere. <laughs> I mean, they can do, and he's like, wow, they, didn't, they don't think about that, that there's good money, good profession for, uh, in the arts in itself, but a lot of parents just, just aren't aware of it, and the students, you know, they, they just want to draw and paint and create. So it's good to guide them to the areas that really... Um, really will make sense. It's, it's really uh, something that if they have that talent, that interest, you know, I say definitely encourage it. Don't be afraid of it because you never know. You know, that, that's one of those things. And I, I always tell, <laughs> I also push the students to create from within. That creative process for me uh, is very important. And I say when you create, create from the heart, don't think about money. Don't think about that in your head because if you do it in a natural way and if you do it from your heart, you're going to make money. Somebody's going to want it. And if you're just kind of knocking something out because you just think it's just, you know, it may be successful for a while, but it won't, it won't last. You really have to go with your gut and go with um, that which is uh, – which is which is you. you 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 kind of create what's with, with what's within yourself and that's that's the main thing so there, there's there's a lot there, there's there maybe there are questions that you might have that I'm not hitting on uh, uh, no. No, I, you you covered a lot of it um, <laughs> yeah I was gonna I was gonna say with this transition that you've probably experienced art becoming more digitized how has that affected the way you do things? That, that, that was an interesting experience for me because I started, when I was doing all the commercial art, all of the, uh, the graphic design work for, for magazines, newspapers, all of that was done, what we call traditional, hands-on, you know, creating uh, artwork, composing uh, in the studio. But then as I started, 
I was creating this for various clients, and I was in that period of time where digital technology was slowly coming into being, and uh, some of the uh, some of the clients were saying, "Well, Al, you know, you got to get into digital. You got to get into digital." And I was like, "Oh, I don't want to." You know, it felt that I had to learn something so totally different. So this is interesting because I I did in myself I fought it a little bit, thinking that. I felt I had to just start all over and learn something so totally different, but I was wrong in that. I felt that as I started to see what, how it was happening, and I had encouragement from people, a friend of mine who was already, he was an artist, illustrated, he got into digital pretty quick. He said, Al, no, you know, this is, this is uh, you really need to get into this because that's where the business is going. So I found out, I wound up losing Client uh, jobs because they were going into the digital direction, and I knew I had to get into that. I knew if I wanted to stay <laughs> creating, I had to really get a sense of, of that part of part of the art world, and I did. I started taking some classes. I started uh, got a small computer, an Apple computer, and started experimenting. And I, I took night, some night classes at community college to just get myself jump started. And once I learned that the using the digital technology, it's the same thing. It's like it wasn't, I thought it would be a whole different thing that I, I had to start from scratch. But I felt that, I found out that it was just, you keep doing the same thing you've done, only now you have another tool. It's a different tool than a brush, a paintbrush, or an airbrush. Now you have the computer, and I felt, okay, how's it, how long is it going to take for me to get that eye-hand coordination with a mouse? Can I do the same thing? And I just felt so doubtful there. I said I, I thought I'd have to go and get another job somewhere. <laughs> but it's little by little, you know. A friend of mine, who he, he just kind of brought me along, jump-started me because he had the equipment, and I was able to work on pieces that are digital the whole digital technology started to come into play. The more I did it, the more easy it became. I started finding that, oh, I don't have to cut a mask for this. I don't have to go this time to go around this little shape and then airbrush this. I, I can just do it pretty quick on a computer. <laughs> but once you learn that, then it's like, oh, man, I'm glad this is happening. I used to take by hand and go in and, and remove spots, remove things out of a photo or out of a piece, and now... And with the digital technology, I found that, oh, that makes it a lot easier. It took a while. The one thing I don't do, though, is use digital I don't create fine art with digital technology. I do use it, but I don't do it with, I still create uh, my my paintings by hand. I still will create, I still draw, I still create. But how I do use the digital technology is to uh, if I'm creating a piece, it's like the commissions that I've done, I may want to test out different color schemes. So rather than sitting in my, going through my color palette and, and, and coloring in different, uh, different themes, uh, pretty much, I could go very easily take that image and add different color schemes pretty quickly so I can establish the direction I want to go. So that's really helpful. And, and it's, it's the way you use uh, the technology. You don't want to take away your natural uh, hand, your natural ability, how you think, how you create. 
but you want to, again, it's a tool you use. I, t- I use a brush I, when I'm painting. I may have 20 different size brushes that I use for painting. And now with the computer, uh, I have you know all of these uh, tools, <laughs> the same thing. I can, I can pretty much use what I want to create it. And then, of course, the key is then you want to, how do you reproduce it? You want to be able to reproduce it in a fine art way, too, to create a poster or even have it reproduced in a magazine or something. So that was, that was interesting coming into it that way. And by doing that, uh, someone guided, you know, someone uh, from the Wall Street Journal, New York, came out to Seattle. They wanted to do a series on artists making the transition from traditional to digital. And I was picked to be an interviewee on that. And I was, uh, that, was, that was interesting because the gentleman who interviewed me, he wanted to know how I did made that transition. And of course, we went through a long interview with that. Uh, there's a long ad- article that was done on me for that. And that was, uh, that was kind of really done well in a sense, but it showed at a point where a friend of mine back in New York who went through the same training I did, the same uh, point, and he was getting really top fashion magazine. He was doing all kinds of great stuff by traditionally, by hand. And then the digital technology came along, and he, he just couldn't do it. He couldn't make the transition. And I tried to push, man, you got to get into this. And so he didn't. He wound up not being able to stay with it. So he was also, all of a sudden, he, he was not in the art world anymore. He wasn't able to get the jobs he was getting. And that's so easy to happen with somebody who don't want to reach and make that and, and just move along with the trends and just learn how to adapt. And, and it's never as hard as one may think uh, because if you're painting, if, if I just started, if I was, I was drawing all the time, all of a sudden at, at the Art Students League when we were learning to draw the figure, learning anatomy, learning all of that, you start out drawing. It's all drawing, drawing, drawing for about a year before they even let you get into the painting class. You know, Then you go into making that transition from drawing, from black and white, from from into the color and learning color, composition, color theory. So that's also, it's, a, it's such a learning uh, process in that. And it's, it's a very, very academic training. But again, it's still basics that you're learning all the time in terms of being creative and being a creative artist in a sense, you, you have to then put that training into your subconscious mind, push it back because then you want to, you want your natural uh, thinking, your natural creative self to kind of come forward. You don't want to be locked into rules that, that you might have learned in training and, and, and that, that type of thing. You want to, they're good, it helps you, it, it keeps you safe in a way. Well, I should say it bails you out by learning the basics. Learning the basics is really important. But um, I think that it's still, to be creative, it's still, starts with the person, you know, what's inside of you, you know. You have information, you have tools to use, but it's still, you know, what's going on inside you, what you want to create. You have an imagination, use it, and don't be afraid of, of just doing, doing it. Get it out there, and it's never a matter of, well, 
Do I take a chance and do this? Do I take a chance and do that? Or is this going to work? Is this not? You don't, you don't even think about that. You just do. You, you, if, it's already, if it's already in you and you have a vision, you have to follow it. Just, just go ahead and, and let it happen. And you'd be surprised how often it will work for you, how often you can succeed at doing what it is you really want to do from within. Big thanks to Al Doggett for coming on the show to share his journey with us. You can find some of Al's artwork at aldoggett.com, and his portrait of Stanley Ann Dunham can be found by Mercer Island High School's main entrance. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of MI Insider. You can listen to the show live on Thursdays at 7 a.m. or as a podcast, which can be found on the 88.9 The Bridge website. But for now, stay tuned for more music and conversation that spans generations.